Welcome to the Picture Book Look podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together, we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Hey, Kirstie. Hey, Kim. So I just wanted to tell you that you are my very favorite person in the whole wide world. Wow. I don't think anyone has ever said that to me before. That's so sweet. Really? I find that hard to believe. You're special. Well, today's book got me thinking about my very favorite things, so I wanted to make sure you knew that. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. My very favorite book in the whole wide world, written by Malcolm Mitchell and illustrated by Michael Robertson, is about a boy named Henley who has to find his favorite book as his homework assignment. He searches high and low, and in the end, discovers the answer in an unexpected place. Oh, that would be the worst homework assignment ever. I I could never choose just one book. Never. (laughs) Never. So hard. We couldn't pass up the opportunity to interview Super Bowl champion, children's literacy advocate, and author, Malcolm Mitchell. Let's get started. I'm just going to start first (laughs) because I'm a really big football fan and (laughs) I live in New Hampshire. So huge Patriots fan. So I'm just going to gush for a minute that clutch third down catch in the Super Bowl (laughs) on behalf of all Patriots fans. We thank you so much. (laughs) My time in New England was phenomenal, by the way. That's awesome. That's nice to hear. My first question is, I know a lot of writers come to the profession of writing almost as like a second kind of career. I was a teacher, Kirstie's a therapist. Both of your work is way more important than oh, no. anyway, so. But you've taken what you've done and made it so impactful. How did you go from playing wide receiver for the Patriots to writing children's books? It is quite an interesting transition. Isn't it? <laughs> yes. I joke and say writing is a lot safer than being chased by 300-pound men. Yeah. So true. <laughs> I grew up in a low-income environment where athletics was a priority and education was not. Once I got to college and my surroundings changed, obviously my perspective began to change as well. And I started viewing things a lot differently than uh, the way things were being communicated in my neighborhood. And I realized in order for me to be the best person I can be, which is completely different than being the best athlete I can be. Yeah. And to be literate. And that's where that kind of stemmed from. My mom really embedded in me and my siblings, it was important to be our best selves. I quickly realized, even though I was succeeding on the field, there are other areas of life where I was doing a terrible job. And I noticed through a series of fortunate events, (laughs) that if I wanted to enhance my place as a human being, I needed to be literate, and reading would play a big role in me evolving as a person. And that's how I kind of started the literacy journey. Becoming an author kind of stemmed from realizing just how powerful being literate and being a reader (laughs) really was. It's like spinach for Popeye. Yes. I totally agree. That's a great way to put it. What was the inspiration behind this book, my very favorite book in the whole wide world? 
Yeah, my very favorite book in the whole wide world is my second picture book. My first is titled The Magician's Hat. And I think you can look at the covers and tell I was in two different places. I think when I started the journey, it was this very innocent approach to wanting to inform people that aren't readers that being a reader is important and necessary to accomplish your goals. My very favorite book in the whole wide world kind of took on this more complex reality that I faced, and reading is really tough. Yeah. And sometimes some people aren't excited about reading because they can't find elements of it that reminds them of themselves. With all of that being the case, that does not mean you should not read because there is a story out there for everyone. And my very favorite book in the whole wide world is me saying, you know, there's a book out there that can help you. And if there's not, you have the power to write it yourself. I love that so much. That is such a great message. You have the power that you can write it yourself. Yeah, you can create your own. I really love to read. I've always loved to read. So I have five kids and two of them do not love to read. And I just could never understand it. I was like, (laughs) what's going on? I tried giving them all these different books and trying to help them figure it out. This is a really important topic. It's important for everyone to know that there is a book out there for them. And if there isn't, that they can write their own story, that everyone has their own unique story. In the book, there's a page that says, in some books, the words are too big, the sentence is too long, and there are way too many pages. I think it's important for kids to know that there are others who struggle with reading, and that it's not an isolated uh, like phenomenon just taking place with them. I think for me, I hit it for the longest thinking I was the only one. Yeah. The moment I confessed that I struggled with reading and I wanted to be a better reader, Members of my football team confessed. That's so Strangers perfect. in restaurants confessed their challenges with reading. Mm-hmm. And it's really not easy if you don't just naturally fall into becoming a reader. You know, this book also shows there are so many kinds of books. And just because you don't like one book doesn't mean, you know, you're not a reader. I think that's really important. If you listen to people who have the power to make education and reading, because that's that's the topic we're talking about, reading more of a focal point in terms of overall development of human beings or societal growth or progress in defining emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. To me, reading is the place where all that starts. Yes, So definitely. if we understand that, why not focus in on that more intensely? Sure. Yeah, I agree. I think it's because those in situations fall victim just as kids do by not understanding the long-term benefits of being an active reader. You know, as a child, it's hard to say how reading is going to help you because it's almost a year, two-year-long process. I started reading when I was 19. I didn't have the realization of how powerful it was until I was 21. I started witnessing those effects. Wow. Wow. Right? So. It's not an overnight process. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why it sometimes gets uh, neglected and not the attention that it really deserves. I think a more literate country would make us more united, and I think it would also make us more powerful in other areas as well. But that's just a (laughs) 27-year-old theory. No, I totally agree. We agree wholeheartedly. (laughs) 110%. It's easy to argue with someone else. Right. Reading 
makes you argue with yourself, and that's a lot more complicated. Which forces you to grow and change your perspective. So we're talking about the importance of literacy. And can you tell us a little bit about your Share the Magic Foundation and the Read with Malcolm initiative? Of course. I started Share the Magic Foundation in 2016 once I graduated from the University of Georgia. Our mission is to unlock the potential of young lives through literacy. It's my belief that reading uh, equips us with the tool necessary to evolve into better human beings to be more productive in society, and just to be overall better decision makers. I came to this realization through reading books, but this is something that actually took place in my life. If you put up my environment in one picture that I grew up in and you look at me today, you'll say, well, those look like two different things. And it's not because I'm this special and rare individual. It's because I gravitated towards being an active reader later in life. And that gave me the ability to move about differently. And that's what I want to empower with children all across the world. It's to give them the tools necessary for them to empower themselves. And I think literacy is that answer. Or being literate is that answer. So Share the Magic Foundation is my way of trying to accomplish that, trying to empower children to take on their life in a way that it's more beneficial for them. We do that through my Read with Malcolm initiatives. We have online virtual reading challenges that are completely free for children, educators, and parents to participate in. And we have some in-school programming that's been affected by COVID, of course. And you can tell a child to read, but if they don't have an age-appropriate book to read, well, it becomes a bit difficult. Yes. We also focus on making sure book deserts and poverty pockets have access to books. Wow. That's amazing. That's so powerful. I know there's one initiative that you have going on right now, the Read Bowl. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that, too? Yeah, Read Bowl is the first virtual program we created And it's our global reading challenge. We took my relationship with sport, hyper competitive, (laughs) and my love for reading, uh, extremely beneficial, and we combined the two and made a virtual reading challenge based on which classroom could read the most minutes. It's really cool because kids in um, Paris can compete with kids in uh, New Hampshire. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And that concept, uh, I really enjoy because I like competition. (laughs) It it really electrifies children because they want to win. Right. To be the winners of our Read Bowl. And we've had kids from every state and probably six other countries participate in the program. Starts January 11th. So if you're listening to this, please sign up, register. It'll be fun. And I promise you won't regret it. (laughs) Seriously. Teachers out there, yeah, need to get yeah, on that. Yeah, great, too. So no <laughs> harm, no foul. If you don't like it, you'll love it. So let's not... <laughs> this is your second book. So was your writing process different for this story? I love writing fiction, making up stuff. I always like to feel like I'm on a different planet when I'm writing. But I also pull from a lot of personal experiences. Interactions really fuel my creativity at times. And I think... I was in two different places when I wrote each book. When I wrote The Magician's Hat, my athletic career was soaring. I was drafted to New England, had won a Super Bowl, 
and sign a publishing deal. So there's this very euphoric atmosphere around all of that. My very favorite book in the whole wide world was more concrete in my past, really. I had retired. I was no longer playing. So now I had to take this message and really dive a bit deeper and tell something that I thought would be empowering. That's so inspiring, Malcolm. How is the process of training for NFL level play kind of similar or parallel to the process of writing books? They're different in many ways. (laughs) (laughs) But there is some synergy. Patience is definitely one. Responsibility is another. Commitment may be the biggest. I know a lot of people sometimes see the games on Sunday and think we just show up and play. But trust me, there are a lot of 12 and 14 hour days that go into playing on Sunday. You practice a lot more than you play. Right. You play 16 games, and if you're lucky, you play more. But you have about 10 times as many practices. So it's a high level of commitment. And you two know, writing a book is no walk in the park. Sometimes it takes months, years to formulate an idea and package it in a cohesive way for your audience to really digest what you're trying to get across. So I would say patience and commitment is where those two meet. Who would you say is the Bill Belichick of your (laughs) writing career? Definitely my editor, Andrea Pinckney at Scholastic. Mm. He's definitely the coach in helping me kind of develop my skill set as a writer. And she is awesome. That's awesome. That's great. When someone reads my very favorite book in the whole wide world, what do you hope they feel or learn? When someone reads my very favorite book in the whole wide world, I hope they feel encouraged to search for their favorite book or search for a book that's inside of them that they can write and share with others. I hope they learn that although reading can be tough and challenging and difficult at times, it's definitely worth the pursuit. Is there anything else you want to tell our listeners? I would encourage everyone to visit my website, rewithmalcolm.com. Just learn a bit more about what we're doing and the impact we're trying to make. And I would challenge those who are looking for a way to better themselves, to empower their children, or just to challenge their perception and perspective, to just pick up books and read and That will solve a lot of your problems and it will help you get others to solve a lot of their problems. A big thank you to Super Bowl champion, children's literacy advocate, and amazing author, Malcolm Mitchell, for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for my very favorite book in the whole wide world. Check out the show notes to learn more about Malcolm, the Share the Magic Foundation, and the Read with Malcolm Youth Literacy Initiative. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And we would love it if you would leave us a review. Thanks for listening and happy happy looking. Picture Book Look is produced by Kirstie Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call.